Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 6, Episode 13, Moonstruck. The book, Vector Prime, by R.A. Salvatore. The year, 2000. Chapters 25 and 26, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. So you're saying that Luke Skywalker is extorting the New Republic. Also, the fact that they named it with her last name and the name... That's tacky. I shitted and farted and came. Welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. John, how are you? Great. I did all the things. Everything's been wrapped up nicely. Let's go on home. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next week. I've been Elan Sleesbogiano. And this was a very short death stick. I fished this one out of the tra- the ashtray. <laughs> I got a roach of a death stick. <laughs> hey, man, you holding? You holding death sticks? <laughs> I'm holding, always holding death sticks. He's holding Caulfield sticks here. <laughs> Hol- holding sti- sticks field. <laughs> yeah, holding sticks field. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I know who my new character is. Wait, do you need to make a new character for something? I don't know. I mean, you're always needing to make characters. I, I'm always needing to make characters, it's and tr- Holden Sticksfield is coming out to play. Let's get in the year. So this is the uh, the final countdown, the last couple of chapters of Vector Prime before we move on to different pastures. And also, because the uh, the grand total of our reading this, this uh, week uh, was eight pages. Yeah, if that. With wide margins and... And a chapter double spacing. Uh, double spacing, a chapter break, the repeated uses of the word very. Yeah. Yeah. In it, summation. I don't, know if you knew, <laughs> I don't know if you were sad. Vector Prime is <laughs> a land, land of contrasts. contrasts. Han was very, 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 very sad about Chewbacca <laughs> having very, very, very died. You know, Webster's Dictionary defines death. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you enjoyed reading Vector Prime as much as we enjoyed talking about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, it's basically just eight pages of some wrap-up. So, mm-hmm. the first chapter is just let's check in with all the various characters and see what's going on. Yeah. By the way, John, we missed the opportunity just then to do a bunch of, like, stand-up applause lines on a podcast for no re- just just easy applause lines. <laughs> hey, local sports team is the best, am I right? Eh? 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 Women, be shopping. <laughs> How many people are y'all married tonight? Eh? Eh? This doesn't work. Why doesn't this work? <laughs> oh, yeah. No one's here. I hate this bit. It's just us. <laughs> I don't think no it's one's worked. clapping at anything. I can already tell it's not working at home either. Oh, I know. It's I, can, I can tell that is it's falling killing. I can flatter he- than this soda. I can hear them not laughing. <laughs> Their silence is deafening. Yeah. <laughs> it haunts me in the future. Uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, only eight chapters of work to get through today. Eight big, <laughs> long chapters. <laughs> Thick and uncut. Uh, man. So, you can't see it because, obviously, you're just listening to a podcast, but there was a moment where I reached over to go grab the book, and Jeff reached over and grabbed his shoe. <laughs> <laughs> my book was behind my shoe. <laughs> This just, is look. I have the book in just, my. We both reach over to the same place. <laughs> I grab a book, and he's like, "Ooh, Converse. <laughs> I'm gonna play with this." In my defense, they are very cool Converse. <laughs> in your defense, that's true. Royal purple. This is a good pair of Converse. Uh. So uh, yeah, where do we start? We start with uh, some shtick with the droids. That's right, some droid shtick. It turns out that R2 has like droid frostbite. Yeah, he. <sighs> has droid hiccups now uh, something i don't know I, i'm not sure if this is a thing that's going to keep going into the, I, actually i'm not sure how much of any of this is going through into the next book of vector prime because it feels like a lot of this stuff gets kept when it doesn't need to be kept mm-hmm. like when you read about ve- uh, the uh eugene vong the, yeah thank you the uh the, the the new jedi order crisis uh that that uh like praetorite vong keeps happening as a term and, and they're all pain sluts even though that was like supposed to be specific to this one little faction of these dudes yeah well yeah sucks uh, anyhow any whoozlebees yeah. uh so, so because of the frost uh r2d2 is just sort of like stopping his beepity boops to be like beep e- deep boop yeah and 
for whatever reason, C-3PO is mad about it. Yeah, he's just like, oh, you're just faking, you old bucket of bolts. Is he? Uh, this is basically C-3PO being a house droid, isn't it? Ah. <laughs> uh, the worst kind of droid. The worst. <laughs> so, uh... Anyway, yeah, he's being a real piece of piece of shit to R2, who is clearly, like, half-broken from having flown around like a negative... The thing, although the problem is, you, you get Luke with all this stuff that's like, oh, yeah, he's probably just recovering from our flight through all that super cold ice and snow. And I'm like, yeah, but don't you normally hang his fucking head out in space? Yeah. Like, all the time? Isn't that yeah. colder than ice and snow? Mm. Is it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is it colder than... Super cold ice and snow. <laughs> I mean, technically, there was a point where the planet was colder than cold. It got to the, the what do they call it, the something. All right, something. all right, all right, all right, <laughs> now, all right, all right. Now, fellas, <laughs> it was called like the McGillicuddy reaction or something. Yeah, and uh, it got zero degrees movement. Yeah, they went all ultra cold for a second right before the planet super popped. Uh, so maybe that's what finally busted the R two unit. Yeah, and. After that little bit of shtick, we get just a little bit of, like, putting uh, the last of the whatever Praetorite Vong down is going well. They're like, oh, yeah, we sent some ships out, and we've got fighters and whatnot, and the bulk of their forces got blown up. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Kip Duran is an amazing pilot helping with the mop-up. He's, like, so good at this. It's almost like he put in a cheat code and waited until he had built, like, a million turrets to turn it off. God, the fact that <laughs> he says that Kip Duran is leading out a new squadron of stuff, and he's like, well, at least I can rest easy that the mop-up of the Praetorite Vong is in good hands. Yeah, that's only like, his... Fuck you. That's only Kip Duran's third squadron this book. Yeah, third squadron against specifically this enemy. <laughs> Kip Duran sucks. Kip Duran, bite a fart directly from my butt. I mean, I'm glad that at least we're done with him for now, unless we pick a Kip Duran book next. Oh, that reminds me. forgot to mention this. We're going to combine this one with the wrap-up episode, so there's questions. And at the end of the episode, stick around, because we're going to announce the next book. Indeed. Uh, Luke also is worried about Mara, but... Mara has decided to take a vacation, and for her... A vacation is going someplace where the force is strong and everything's all savage and wild. She's like, maybe I'll go to Dagobah. Well, yeah, because she's using the force to keep the sickness at bay, I think she's like, I just need to go to some force-heavy planet Mm -hmm. and focus my force on my force problems. Yeah, yeah. Then she can, if she goes to a low planet, then she might she uh, might go down with the sickness instead of going up with the force. So that's that's what you want to do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't let that hang there. You talk. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they uh, they are the two of them like Mara's going to go head out to wherever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Luke is basically just like, I don't, I don't know, man. He's, I got to go deal with the fucking Jedi Council. He's thing. got a little whining to do. He's like, there are so many directions I'm being pulled in now. I've got to help my nephews and i've got a, a niece and i gotta do a jedi council i'm a and- jedi leader and a statesman and an ambassador and a general and an uncle and i just don't have the time golly gee who's got time for all of that i know what i'll do i'll get in my x-wing there we go yeah, so Mara went off by herself to go, I don't know, suck up the force. Yeah. And he's like, all right, I guess I guess I'll go try and make a Jedi Council. At least maybe he's a, taking a crack at it. Maybe some kind of a new Jedi Order. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. I mean, at least he's taking a crack at it in the EU. In, in uh, The Last Jedi and so on at this point, he would have you know, been like, fuck it to all this shit and moved off to Fish Nun Planet to, to drink green milk. Uh, yeah, but in uh, canon Star Wars, he didn't have a Mara Jade. That's true. You know, well, we don't know that for sure. He might have had a Mara Jade, and she just died off screen, and we never saw her. I mean, it's possible. They never were like, and then Luke decided, no love for Luke. I guess. I mean, he does. Apparently, he finds some Jedi texts at some point. So early on, people when they were talking about those movies, they were like, "Well, Luke doesn't know he's not allowed to get married because what Jedi told him that?" Uh, the books. <laughs> It had to be the Jedi text. Yeah. Well, the first time he was like, 
ooh, I'm going to get down and dirty with this lady. <laughs> Fucking four force ghosts popped up and we're like, whoa, whoa, Luke, no. Back in your pants, Luke. <laughs> this one was easy for me. <laughs> Luke, I have something to tell you. I'm ace. <laughs> yeah, we all know. Everyone, yeah, we, ev- we know. Everyone knows, Obi. It's fine. <laughs> oh, Obi. Uh, and then we'll just check in with Leia. Leia, of course... Also all sad about the fact that she has to go back to being a diplomat now. Oh, yeah. She's like, God damn it. I just, even though my kids are all accomplished superheroes, they might need me. Yeah, sure. Well, then why don't you just drag them with you everywhere you go like you've been doing since their their infancy? Uh, But she is going to go back to the council because even though she resigned her post there, she is now going to be the official ambassador of Dubrillion and be like, Hey, you need to actually take this threat seriously. I mean, that's kind of a sad post to get. Like, oh, you're in charge. I'm the ambassador for like a hundred people who. Uh, yeah, but at least you get to go say, "Hey, I'm an infish- official ambassador," mm-hmm. so you can't just outright say you're not allowed to be here. As opposed to her previous function, where she could just walk wherever the fuck she wanted, because she's like, "Fuck you, I'm I'm basically Republic royalty, dickhead." Yeah, try and stop me. My Wookie will hang you on a closet hook. And now Wookie's gone. Yeah, who's going to do it now? A Nogri? Two Nogris standing on top of each other? (laughs) I'd like to see that. Actually, Uh, I would actually like to see that. Please do that. You, Nogri, you stand on that other Nogri. (laughs) All right, there you go. Now now rough up the senator. (laughs) Uh, I've gone mad with power. (laughs) Here, take these two, you Salamiri, and swing them around like you've got longer arms. You look ridiculous without them. And also with them. Uh, So, yeah, she's... Going to go try and get the council to, you know, give a shit. Mm-hmm. But she spends most of her time in this, just kind of going like, "Oh, I've got a sad husband and three children that want to go run off and be superheroes, and everything's crazy." And oh, how I wish I could just stay at home. Oh, how I long for the resolve and strength of Mara Jade. Oh, if only. Now, let's just hope that Borskphalia isn't a huge dill bag. Hey, s- surprise, he is. <laughs> He's like a professional dill bag. That's the whole point to Borskphalia. Uh, He's the Mitch McConnell of the stars. Yeah. He's just the worst. Yeah. He's he's been burying all kinds of important like Republic law. He's just like hey, I did that. Yay. <laughs> I'm making sure nothing good happens. What do you want me to do, the Empire? <laughs> it's me, Mitch McConnell. This is my impression of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> my impression of my own yeah, voice. I, I said I was Mitch McConnell. He's doing an impression of himself. Yeah. He's very good at it. Mm. I'll eventually win the race. <laughs> Yogi. <laughs> I guess kind of have a boo-boo cadence to it, doesn't it? Yes. It is a little <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> it's not not boo-boo. Uh, after Leia, we check in with Nominor, who is... Sad about the whole planet blowing up, but is also like, meh, we got plenty more where that came from. Yeah, he's ba- at least he doesn't be like, ah, yes, all according to plan. Everything we've done so far has been a test of their resolve. Yeah, he at least is like, oh, there was a moment where I thought, oh, shit, maybe these guys are actually way better than we thought. And then once he finds out how they actually beat him, he's like, oh, it was it was just some shitty luck. Okay. It was specifically because they were on an ice planet. We just won't make that mistake again. Yeah, oopsie dupes. They got lucky. Okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, when more, because that was just the Praetorite Vong, and pretty soon the rest of the Yuzhan Vong are coming, and they'll solve the problem. Ooh, yeah. And even though I was here trying to sow dissent and keep ships away from the Outer Rim, I'm, I'm still I'm doing it. Yeah, and he, he's mostly just disturbed that the, the uh, Yamosk died. Yeah, and also, I gotta say, he try he has the two Villips that can call either Dagara or Yeoman Car. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, neither of them work, so I assume, you know, they're all dead. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, that just really shows the weakness of testicle calling in general, in that you have to have a different one per person you want to call. Yes, that is definitely true, because the quantum entanglement or whatever that they use for communication means that each one of them is linked to just one person. And also, you can't be sure if Yeoman Carr is dead or if his testicle is. Yeah. He might just have one dead nut. He might. Yeah. Something came in there and busted his nuts up real good, and now he can't make phone calls anymore. Oh, no, they really busted my nuts up. <laughs> they just went to town on my, my cool talk nuts. 
<laughs> Somebody give me a cool talk nut. <laughs> it takes forever to grow a new pair of talk nuts, and then you gotta like like pair them, and you have to connect their Bluetooth and everything. It takes forever. Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what's going on. The uh, the nuts don't work, mm-hmm. and Nominors mostly unconcerned. Mostly just like yeah. We've got plenty more where that came from, and as long as we didn't lose because they were actually good and only because they got lucky, we're still going to be able to beat the shit out of everyone. The nuts must flow. Yes. <sighs> we bring more and more nuts to this uh, this region of space. We're just going to crowd it with powerful nut pears. Ah, nut pears. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tasty nut pears. And some walnut and pear. Yeah, so he is presently, it doesn't say the name of it, but he is set up on some planet that already kind of has some... some uh, Anti-Republic stuff. Yeah, yeah, some anti-Republic sentiment. And he's like, and now I will stir this brew, and I will foment rebellion against the Republic to keep them busy until my people arrive. Okay. I wonder if he ever, like, fails it. Because this whole thing is like, I'm going to land on the planet, and then I'm going to run for local office, and then I'm going to run for high office, and then I'm going to start a bunch of anti- like a bunch of riots and stuff. It seems like it's very predicated on being good at winning votes. Well, that's why he's there, is because he's very good at what he does. So, Do you think what he does is pretty? <laughs> no, I don't think what he does is very pretty at all. But oh, he okay. is the best there is. <laughs> bub. Bub. So, uh, so Baby yeah. bub. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's not too perturbed about the whole loss of the Praetorite Vong thing. He's just going to keep doing what he's been doing. Yep. And that's the entire chapter. We The next one is... Just sort of like Han a, wrap up uh, a sad time where Han gets to have memories of Chewbacca. Yep, he. Uh, <laughs> that's right. God. So it's the whole chapter is just called eulogy, and it's just Han flies back out to Cernpedal in the Falcon with Leia, just to kind of look at the planet and be like, uh, "That's where my buddy died." Yeah, just just having a final farewell. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's. A little bit of Leia in this, but mostly it's just Han being like, oh, I remember when Chewie used to sit in that seat, and I remember when he'd horn at me. If I stare hard enough at that chair, I can almost make him appear, but Chewbacca's not coming back. They have a little conversation where uh, Han, where Han's like, what are we going to tell his family? What the hell are we going to no, do? Leia says that. Oh, and Han, I guess then Han is the one who's like, the truth, he died a hero, the end. Yeah, he's amazing, and my best friend, and I love him, and he never even really liked them. He liked me better. <laughs> Which leads into a very weird moment of meta-realization, where it's like... Oh, Han had always thought of everyone that he was close to as being in a bubble that couldn't be hurt. Yes. And we're almost not allowed to die. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. He's like, even Mara, who at first didn't count, but then eventually did because she'd been in enough books. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, I always thought, I guess we're untouchable, even though we kept getting into tight scrapes and any one of us could have died a million times, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. But this time is different. And now people can die, even if they're in the bubble. You hear that, reader? It's gotten much more serious. We're going to kill someone. We thought everything was fine, but then 24 died. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Chewbacca. Poor 24. (laughs) Why did you buckle your seatbelt? Why did you do it? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You look like you have smack on your face. R.I.P. 24. You will be missed. Uh, <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> God, I love that shit. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, but then we get some more. Leia comes in, and uh, the, the two of them have their little conversation, and Han picks up a treasured item of, of Chewbacca's to look at, which is Han's old baseball cap. Yeah, he's got some old hat from when the and Leia's twins got were some born. Old hat. Am I... <laughs> Come on. I'm pretty sure Leia's old hat was there when the kids were born. (laughs) Pretty sure. (laughs) That's a reference from a different age. Man, that was a while ago. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but no, he's got some old hat that says, congratulations, it's a both on it. (laughs) Yeah, because it was (laughs) 
the end of it was worn off. It used to say it's a bothan. <laughs> yeah, but then that part died <laughs> to get us this information. <laughs> Many parts of this hat died. <laughs> uh, so yeah, apparently, um, uh, apparently, baseball caps that announce the uh, the birth of children are are common in Star Wars. I guess. I guess Star Wars canonically has gender reveal parties. Yeah. Yeah, and not only that, but they also have hats that that are specifically for if you have uh, twins, twins who are non uh, non identical and also different sex, g- different genders. Yes. Uh, so you can you can get a congrats. It's a both hat. Although I suppose maybe that just also works for all the hermaphroditic species that have regular human style heads. That's probably where they got it. from. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. There were some like some species of like space worms that were like, oh yeah, we re- that's we- the only hats we make. That's how we reproduce. We are both well, that's male. That's how and- we reproduce these hats. <laughs> the hats are our reproduction. Also, the worms, <laughs> <laughs> the bones are their money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a hat thing. But so anyway, uh. yeah. Congrats! It's a both. As if as if Jason and Jaina for at least a brief period were like one intersex baby that. That then they were like, oh, no, wait, no, I guess it's twins. Okay, we're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a both. <laughs> it is indeed a both. <laughs> uh, and the, Chewbacca, or, so Chewbacca has apparently worn this hat so often that it's completely matted with Chewbacca fur in there. Yeah, the lining inside of it has so much chewy hair. And, mm-hmm. Oh, it's never going to get any more now. Yeah. How oh, sad. Yeah, well, I guess they could, like, clone some of his fur. I was going to say, hey, you got... You got some of his hair there. You just you just need a follicle off of that. You've got yourself an extra Chewbacca. <laughs> we, you happen to know where there's a bunch of Sparty cloning cylinders. I mean, come on, come on, get your Give ass me to Wayland. Chewbacca, <laughs> Chewu, Chewbacca. That's, that's what we'll call him for short. Chewu, Chewu. <laughs> What's this, Chewu? <laughs> uh that's the that's the baby Chibi clone of Chewbacca that this book leads to. <laughs> God damn They it. made him chibi on purpose. He'll never get bigger than like three feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll call him Chewu. God damn it. That's going to get fan art. That's, <laughs> that's, that, that's, there's no stopping that. That's the best image that has popped into my head in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a bunch of stuff about how, oh, things are serious now. None of us are immortal, but, you know, don't worry. No Any one of us could die now. In the next 18 books in the New Jedi Order Crisis, no one does. I mean... Two, two of them do? Uh, who, who are you thinking of? Uh, Anakin and Jason? Uh, Anakin, maybe, but Jason not in the New Jedi Order. He oh, survives. Really? He survives? He survives this and makes it to another series called the Dark Nest Crisis. Huh. And I then, thought he uh, died in this. Oh, well. No, this doesn't even feature Darth Cadus. Uh, oh. By the end of this, he's still just Jason. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's getting weird. Don't get me wrong. He's getting real weird. Like, there's points during the course of this story where he'll, like, bond with a bunch of those amphistaves and all this other stuff because he has his animal powers and his jedi powers all at once yeah um but he at first has to get trained by a dark gray jedi named vergeer Ooh, a dark gray jedi yeah she's dark gray she's basically a bird version of kreia from the uh the old it's a shame he didn't find like an eggshell jedi or <laughs> even a tan <laughs> jedi a crew <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, not only not only does uh, that not get resolved until the Dark Mouse crisis and, and Vergeer shows up, but Vergeer's tears also cure Mara Jade of her weird poison disease. Ah, yes. So she'll be sick all the way through all 19 of these books as well. Yeah, well, I would be too if I had to read them. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was either. I, I was kind of trying to go for a Statler and Waldorf laugh. There you go. But I, I started from the wrong spot. I don't know. Anyway, John... That's the end of this book. Yeah, that's it. So we are going to just move right on into the wrap up here. Yeah. So uh, I guess we, we asked you, the listeners, to ask us, the podcasters, any questions you might have had about Vector Prime, anything that was still just getting in the back of your brain like a little worm and being like, what was going on with this? Yeah. So you asked your questions. We've got those questions in fact you've got them because uh i just have the la- the uh, austerity the audacity pulled up oh, i have the austerity i have the audacity to announce that i will not be answering any questions <laughs> i have the audacity mm-hmm. of hope yes the shocking audacity of chewbacca <laughs> chewbacca uh, i want chewoo and chewbacca to get together and go on a mission just the two failed clones what of chewbacca f- what the fuck is chewbacca in that situation what is that like what his name is if he's like one of those new england towns 
Yeah, it's a very British Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the name of his special, a very British Chewbacca. <laughs> Chewbacca-dy, Chewbacca-dy, chim chim tree. <sighs> so let's just go ahead and start right at the beginning. Yeah, you got to get this done before I start saying chewy, chewy, bang, bang. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, so... Who is the worst character that the writer wants you to think is good, despite being objectively awful always, Scott Summers or Kip Duran? Oh, Scott Summers. That's interesting. I could have sworn this was going to be about Dash Rendar or Kip Duran. Now, here's the thing. Everyone loves to hate on Cyclops. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like Cyclops. I like... There are certain eras of Cyclops I like. There, there are Cyclops stories mm-hmm. that I really like. I loved him as a pompous villain with an X on his face. I'm not going to lie. I know a lot of people thought that arc was stupid. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> uh, I uh, I mean, there was, I want to say, a while ago, like probably 15 years ago, a sta- they did a bunch of standalone miniseries for a bunch of the different X-Men. So you'd get like a Nightcrawler series and a Rogue series and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Cyclops one was really good because it was just him by himself and he's like when you're just cyclops you're like the only thing i got is eye beams and i've got to solve all my problems with eye beams and the way he gets around certain things is amazing yeah no i want to see him doing like some pole vaults with his eyes oh yeah he does nonsense and he goes all over the place like he has to fight juggernaut and black tom cassidy he gets into the savage land that's no good yeah he just gets fucked up throughout the whole thing i was just thinking the one thing about cyclops i feel like has been missing throughout the comics over the years is a good buddy pairing for him yeah we always get like oh he's got a a rival like oh wolverine is out to get him or you know he's gotta try and make sure that he's still the leader instead of you know storm or something but you get all these things where it's like oh gambit and bishop have to go off and do a cool adventure together or or uh, Kitty Pride sure does get along with Colossus, and and he just has his constant yelling of his girlfriend's name. Yeah, there's never been like I Cyclops. think that's a writer thing where they yeah. just define Cyclops by who he's banging. Yeah, because at first it was Jean Grey, and so many writers were just defining him as Jean Grey's boyfriend. Yeah, and then it became uh, the White Queen, mm-hmm. and it was just oh, you are defined by now banging Emma Frost, and we're angry because you are because you used to bang Jean Grey. Yeah. And it's just like, come on, give him a chance. He needs a revitalization, doesn't he? He needs a, he needs a buddy comedy or, or like road trip kind of book where Cyclops has to hang out with, I don't know, just grab any random person out of the Marvel canon that he I mean, could. He, needs, he needs his funny person to his straight man mm-hmm. to really do that whole like, I'm going to get you out of your shell. Like if it was... The Cyclops and Morph go on a mission or something. Yeah, Cyclops and Deadpool. I'd also take Cyclops and the Black Knight. I would where take... the two of them are trying to outgrim each other the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Cyclops and Cable for that as well. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, I have the most responsibility. Oh no, I'm the best leader. My tactics. My tactics. Oh, <laughs> we don't get along. Fuck you, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he really needs that to revitalize him. Kip Duran, I only know of... Kip Duran caused a sun to explode and killed, you know, trillions of people, probably, so fuck him. He's always like, oh, it's not my fault. I was under the influence of a Sith ghost lord. Whatever. You already you pulled the trigger. Yeah. Go, go sit quietly for the rest of eternity. <laughs> I mean, even if they were like, all right, we're not going to put you in jail forever, you'd think they'd be like, but we're also going to put you under, like, republic surveillance at all times and never allow you to get any weapons yeah just how about how about oh you blew up karita and so many people you know what we we aren't gonna let you have as many x-wings as you want (laughs) (sighs) we're we're turning off the unlimited soup salad and (laughs) x-wings it's you gotta go home there's a limit (laughs) it's as much as you could reasonably crash No, I'm saying... Uh, I do like that this question about Star Wars just turned into a very big rant about X-Men, though. Uh, Ultimately, because Cyclops is a much more compelling character than Kip Duran. Well, with more history as well. Yes. Uh, But anyway, in in terms of which one of them's worse, it's Kip Duran. Yeah, it's Kip Duran all the way forever. Yeah. Besides, who created Cyclops? It's like Stan Lee, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the original five. Now, as opposed to 
Uh, who created Kip Duran? Oh, Kevin J. Anderson. Gr- Ooh, what a pedigree. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, so, Vector Prime, do you think having a big extra galactic threat to shake up the EU status quo was the right move, even if the Vong weren't the best choice, or do you think it just added to the bloat? I don't, you know, extragalactic's actually a good thing because it means that that uh, it's not being dragged out of some previous story and polished up. It's a whole new thing, and I actually kind of like that. I like that Star Wars is being invaded by a force that's going to cause some weird alliances to occur that we may have not seen previously. And I also kind of like an extragalactic force simply because it, the Star Wars galaxy is mapped for basically the most part. Yeah, which they got a means, whole section they call the unknown regions, but everyone knows what's in it. Yeah, I mean, for most of the, ooh, this is the threat, it was maybe at best one or two planets that are like, oh, they got their shit together and now they're a threat. But with an extra galactic source, you're like, oh no, this is an actual full-on unified, like, galactic empire that's coming over. And how great is it that these guys aren't ultimately being pulled by some imperial remnant guy yeah. how many times has that happened in the books we've read Where that some- is the other thing is yeah. if you wanted to shake up the status quo having it be like and now medium moff dildron is here exactly. and he wants to take back the empire how many of these books have we read at this point where it's like oh it turns out that hethrier is actually the emperor's procurator of justice or or it turns out that uh that's the same dude that what, what's his face that's been here on this stupid crystal planet for forever and he was he used to be a, an imperial senator yeah, oh, and, and this guy, he was the em- Emperor's Postmates dude, and he's here to bring yeah. all of it back. Oh, Warlord Zinge is a warlord of the Empire, sure. I mean, we just, it's been that over and over again, so this is kind of a cool shakeup. Yeah. I'm a fan. I mean, the big problem with the Vong is the pain slut thing, which yeah. would have been great if it was just Yeoman Carr and he was a weird murder freak. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, no, the rest of them have the whole like, all right, you know, you can have your Klingon honor, dying in battle is the best thing, whatever, and have that. But without all of them being like, oh, yes, mm, pain, delicious, but agony. Oh, my. Oh, I can feel it boring into my very pores. And I, I love it. The problem is it's kind of it's got to be. I'm hoping it's just the Praetorite Vong, right? But. You, if it's just Yeoman Carr, that makes no sense either. Because if you're like, all right, we need to send someone on a long-term, years-long infiltration mission, who can I pick? I could pick uh, this Metal Gear Solid-type dude. I could pick this Lara Croft-type dude. You know what? Voldo, you're you're free. <laughs> right, yeah, you get in there and infiltrate. Pretend to be a scientist. Chop, chop. I protect the money pit. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Maybe he's just really good at hiding how much he loves pain, though. I have some friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. You've been given the job of introducing the Vong as the major bad guys of the next Star Wars trilogy. Ignoring that we don't know how the current trilogy ends, what changes do you make to the Vong to improve them? Oh, okay, so we're saying it's not the next movie, it's the next, like, it can't like, be, yeah, uh, Star Wars episode Rise 11, of Skywalker doesn't have, so we're just 10. going to 10, yeah, so it's episode 10. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be tricky, seeing as though we don't know who's going to be walking out alive at the other end of that, so it's really just all about the Vong, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's how do we introduce the Vong, is, is the big thing. So, I think, I would keep the weird organic tech mm-hmm. th- angle like that's a a neat angle to have uh and it lets you do you know some very interesting set piece things as far as like being inside of the spaceships or yeah having things that look very striking for like oh yeah this has a bunch of like weird goop pools and dangle bits and mm-hmm. like there's just a few dick levers hanging out here and geiger just went to town on this ship now i know eventually the yuzhan vong start to introduce some new types of Yuz- of vong uh that we're gonna see like and not only that but also like other races that have been assimilated into their culture over the over the millennia uh-huh. uh i feel like that stuff needs to be prominent early on because otherwise all the foes kind of look the same like, what's it? oh, it's a big muscle dude with a bunch of broken bones and shit, and he looks all ridiculous. And also, here's another one who is also in charge. Yeah, well, it's going to be like any of those times where you have, like, oh, here is the bad guys. They are 
orcs, all right? Yeah. How do we make sure we know which orc is the right one? We give him something that looks different that none of the others have. Yeah, so in the, in the case of, like, the end of the Lord of the Rings, it was that big pink one with the busted up arm. Yeah, or you go, all right, he's got a white hand on his face. Yeah. Okay, right. now I know which one is the big one. Right, okay. So, uh... So, yeah, I mean, you need some differentiation between them to make them not just all kind of ultra warrior pain sluts running around with snake sticks. Also, I, I might change amphistaffs because. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some <laughs> things. I'm going to get rid of the testicle collars. I'm going to, well, not collars, but. I mean, also the testicle also collars. Also the testicle collars. Didn't really get into it. It didn't show up. We were talking. They wear those like lays. They welcome. That's when new Vong ships would arrive. They'd be like, and here's your wreath of testicle. Aloha, testic testicle. <laughs> The best thing is that Aloha also means goodbye in Yuzhan Vong. <laughs> goodbye, testicles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think if you were really going to do a Yuzhan Vong thing, you'd probably want to make it, if it's a trilogy, barely introduced in the first one. Like, mm -hmm. have hints and then sort of, you know, go the Nominor route, yeah, where the, the first yeah. thing is like, oh, we've got to stop this rebellion thing from happening. There's some weird warlord down there that needs to be defeated, and it turns out that he's got some ultra-sinister agenda that goes beyond his one little warlord job he was doing at the time. Yeah, and it, so the end of the movie, you find out, like, oh, yeah, he was just making sure that your forces were down here while yeah. the real threat came in from wherever. I'd also probably have them take over planets we've heard of instead of start introducing new planets so we could accelerate the threat pace a little bit. If you're like, instead of... And they took over Tatooine. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Tatooine would be a perfect planet to do that to. Also, Hoth would be... A, it's a frozen planet. They could just use it instead of... Oh, yeah, of, they could use that instead of Belkadan. Or instead of Helskathor, or the, yeah. the, the ice planet that they were on, and just be like, it's a bigger threat because you've heard of this planet. Even if Hoth was useless and just had wampas on it, like, at least you heard of it. Yeah. So... Don't be afraid to bust up Hoth. Just I think, get in there and bust it up. <laughs> just get in there and really bust Hoth up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think that would be the best way to go about it. So you have an introductory surprise ending of it's actually a galactic threat. The middle one is, oh, fuck, we're losing the war. And then the last one can be the, yay, we're winning the war. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a better way to do it. Uh, the Vong would probably need a cast of people who look a little more normal so you could actually have, like, a compelling villain, I guess. I guess. Yeah, anyway. Eh. Uh, let's see. So. Uh, we can all agree that Leia wanted to bang Mara Jade, right? I mean, yes, that was very obvious yeah, right in the, middle of the, in the middle of this book. But then again, who doesn't? I mean, I I guess... Mara Jade's in her 50s even at this point in this book, and she's got it going on. Yeah. She's basically like your Tilda Swinton of space. She's rad <laughs> as hell. Like, but with red hair, you know? You know. Uh, like the Carrie Russell of space. Except the Carrie Russell's in that new Star Wars movie. <laughs> so... Did they manage to make Chewie's death meaningful and significant, or do you think it shook out the way it was conceived? A cynical concept pulled from a big list of characters that they felt they could kill off to shock people. I mean, literally, I mean, if you know the story behind it, it was supposed to be Han that got killed on uh, Cern Padal, and Lucas was like, no, you are not allowed to kill the big three, sorry. Yeah, I, you can... The I, closest you can get is Chewie. Yeah. Maybe R2. Yeah. And, uh, and and so it really was a cynical cash grab. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the way that Chewbacca dies in this because there's no Vong there. They just send out a thing and it just does it just kills him. Yeah. I mean, it's not as dramatic as you'd want. No, it's, it's, they try and give him a heroic moment on the moon for like saving a couple people. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, ultimately it's like if Chewbacca died by like walking into a room that was rigged to explode. Yeah. Or like if... During all the run and gun scenes in the Star Wars movies, he just got shot by some stormtrooper and went down. Yeah, it's you're just like, oh, it's not good. Yeah, it's not. It needed to be more personal. If they yes. want, they needed to to make it a personal death. Like Nominor should have got him or something. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's my only real complaint. <laughs> and then he uh, should have said, "Got him, got him." <laughs> uh. <laughs> But uh, th I mean, that's it. That that's really. Otherwise, it's fine. It just needed to be more personal. Uh, and and yeah, the fact that it was Chewbacca was actually a politics thing. It's a problem. So, as the first book in the New Jedi Order series, Vector Prime marked a shift away from the previous haphazard development and into a more coordinated canon. That is true. Having now read at least one book from either side of the divide, plus the book at the dividing line, which side of that line do you think is more interesting? 
It's actually it's interesting because from this point going forward, all the book lines are these these multi-author because like I was saying, this is the new Jedi Order. After that is the Dark Nest Crisis, and then there's like the Black Fleet Crisis, and all of these are things that are like oh, a bunch of authors working, and there's like six books. Yeah. Uh, so it really is a tectonic shift in the way that they write these things. Uh, and, and frankly, this might just be my childhood talking when I was reading these old EU books, but I prefer the the old style where each book had a wacky new villain because you got more interesting stuff. I mean, yes, but you also got a lot of dumb crap because with every author just allowed to do whatever dumb nonsense they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But being incapable of changing the status quo as well, it was just, what did you do? Oh, I introduced something majorly ridiculous to the world, and then everyone has to ignore that it's this big of a deal. I invented yellow healing Jedi. Also, I made Han fight his identical evil cousin. Anyway, this will never be mentioned again. And you're like, what the, what? <laughs> but I actually, I mean, I like that kind of stuff in the standalones. I mean, the thing, they never really did go standalone. These books are always building on each other. Some of them tend to exist more in their own little vacuums. Like Crystal Star was definitely, they barely mentioned anything from any of the pre- the other books. Yeah. Uh, and Zaveri is never going to show up again. No. Zaveri is an example of a character that's a one-off dump. Yes. Speaking of a one-off dump, I gotta go. <laughs> we'll be back in five. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Let's go out to the lobby and take ourselves a shit. Uh, all right. If all ships followed the Jade Saber pattern of naming it after its owner, what would you rename Luke's X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon to? <laughs> that's a... Uh, well, obviously the Millennium Falcon becomes the hand job. Yeah, that's 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 an easy one. Uh, and then the uh, the X-Wing becomes the Lukalele. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Hey, thank you. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to go like, oh, what? So it's the Spacewalker now? <laughs> I guess that's also fair. It could be the Skywalker Texas Ranger. There you go. <laughs> but no, the Lukalele. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, the, Ludica, the Lukica expression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Albany. From each Star Wars movie trilogy, which one character smoked the most space weed? Three characters total. Oh, shit. I can do this for oh, way Qui-Gon? longer. Oh, Qui-Gon? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can do this for way I, I mean, three characters total is, is it's weak. which from each trilogy? I want to do each from each from movie. Eh. <laughs> eh. First of all, if it's trilogy, then it's Elan Slees Bagiano. No. The, the only known weed, uh, space he weed smoker. He didn't smoke space weed. He smoked death sticks. That's like saying the person who smokes cigarettes smoked the most weed. You don't know what death sticks have in them. They're cigarettes. <laughs> They're weederettes. <laughs> ah, the weederettes. <laughs> okay, fine. Per trilogy, are we saying... I mean, Qui-Gon dies in the first one. There's, yeah, he, but it's... Who's the person who smoked the most? He's missing over valuable his long weed Jedi sp- career... <laughs> Oh, he I, I, slumped I, I, that gang weed. <laughs> I mean, if we're picking random people who smoked a bunch of weed in the trilogy era, then I might want to go with like a yaddle or something. <laughs> but uh, but sure, Qui Gon, fine, whatever. I mean, you can say something else for the uh, prequels. Yeah, well, the, well, okay, I'm going to do it one by one in the prequels. It's Qui Gon in the first one. You're absolutely right about that. It's Elon Slees Pagano in the second one. There's no getting around it. And in the third one, I'm going to go with Dexter Jetster. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, he's out back, just 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 poking away, it, just getting just getting nuts. Uh, a Ridge Tridge. Uh, okay, first movie, Danic Jericho. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously, that's just what he's doing. He's just sitting there smoking up that weed. Second movie, Dengar, probably. I mean, right? He's, Dengar. He kind of has that look about him. I'm going to say Veers. I'm going to say Veers was... Like it's an anxiety thing? Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, I'm not doing it to get high. This is for my glaucoma. (laughs) (laughs) It could also be uh, Lando. I mean, because that's just where he's introduced, and and you know he's keeping mellow. (laughs) Or maybe Lobot to to handle, like, the interface pain concerns that he he develops (laughs) as a reason... It could be for good purposes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm gonna, I mean, I'm still going to stick to Veers, but you can go ahead and have that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Return of the Jedi, it's going to be someone in Jabba's palace. I mean, there's just no getting around that. Yeah. I uh, mean, Jabba himstel- himself does get that ganja. He does do that. That's tr- I might give this one to Yarna Dalgargan. I wouldn't. 
You don't want you don't think she smokes a bunch of weed? No, I think she's a true artist and doesn't sully her temple. <laughs> just dances. Just dances I'm for the love of it. Just here to dance. Yeah. People are like, "Hey, you want to have some of this space weed?" And she's like, "No. I'm here for the art." Okay, you know what? I'm actually going to change my answer on this one anyway. I'm going to go with uh what's his name? Max Rebo. Max Rebo. The Rebo? Max Rebo, the blue elephant. Yeah. That that dude tokes like nobody's business. He's like mostly toke. Like he's inflated with weed smoke at the moment. Currently. When you see him, he absolutely is. Okay, and then for the last two movies, I don't know, uh obviously Maz Kanata in the first one. <laughs> I I mean, she literally has little tiny squint eyes. There's no way. Uh, it's not her. It's definitely Maz Kanata. And in the second one, it's got to be that little fat goblin who gets a bunch of coins. Hey, that's not fair. <laughs> How dare you talk about me like that? <laughs> You're a big fat goblin. Oh, There's, yeah, that's true. That's a difference. This is like a little John in the movie. <laughs> this is a little John, and he wants tolls to get across the bridge. <laughs> you remember that scene? There's like a little goblin who's like excited because uh, R2-D2 fires a bunch of coins. Or no, it's, it's uh, BB-8 fires a bunch of coins out of himself like a cannon yeah. herself. I think I think BB-8 is canonically female. Uh, um, I don't know anything. Bunch of coins out of herself like a cannon, and this little goblin's like, "Yeah, coins, fuck yes, yeah." And that was Warwick Davis. Was it? Was it Warwick Davis playing? Oh, that's right, it was. Yeah, yeah, because he's been in like all of them. Yeah, they were just all like, right. "Hey, you want to be a weird little goblin?" And he's like, "Obviously." Okay, I see no reason to stop here, John. The holiday special, definitely Princess Leia. Definitely. I mean, she is fucking high off her tits in that mo- in that thing. <laughs> I mean, there's no getting around it. I would honestly say probably Luke is more. Mm-hmm. That's true. He on is, weed, but is specifically on painkillers. Luke's on painkillers in that because he was just in a car accident. Leia's on coke. Yeah, no one's really smoking a lot of weed. But there. I'm going to say personality-wise, it was Luke. It was more. Luke. That's fair. Uh, the first of the two Ewoks movies, it's uh, the the Prophet Low Gray. Second of the two Ewok movies, definitely Noah. <laughs> definitely. Noah just token down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I'm out, 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 of, out of movies now, so I'm going to stop. Great, good, yeah. Good and great. That's all the weed smokers. All right, let's see. How do you think the plot would change if Shizor was the big bad Vong leader instead of uh, Dagara? <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, there would be way more things about how much the Vong are better and more reptilian. I mean, to be fair, he definitely kind of follows the same playbook from the beginning, because Degara shows up at first, and he's like, yes, that one. She is worthy for some reason that definitely is a 34C. Yeah, it's... It's very similar. Dagara doesn't get as much screen time. Yeah. But he's pretty much on the, our species is better than yours, Mm -hmm. and also this one hot lady is definitely worthy of my time because I'm going to keep her as a pet for some some two reasons I can't quite put a name on. (laughs) Uh, For these two reasons I can't quite get my hands on. (laughs) These two bouncing reasons (laughs) that she is definitely worthy. So yeah, the two of them actually are already kind of similar. You just get a lot more bragging. Yeah, and I the guess. thing is, you've already got a lot of bragging from the from the Yuzhan Vong. See, the one nice thing though is you'd get a lot of Vong delicacies at least. Oh, that's true. You'd be hearing all the time about how they eat like gawk or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they eat gak. You know they fucking eat worms and shit. There's no way they don't. Oh yeah. And their bones are, are their money, money. <laughs> and their food is some worms. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, it's it's a loosey goosey uh. episode. It's okay. We'll be back to full form in a little while. Okay. Uh, do you think there's a sensible way to have Star Wars villains with anti-force abilities like the Vong, or is the concept inherently bad? Uh, I mean, I'm not against an anti-force ability. Like, the East Salamiri, I kind of don't like the concept of, of just like, what is this? Oh, it's a bubble of anti-force in a lizard. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of meh. I mean, the bubble of anti-force concept I found kind of interesting, but it creates questions that they never really get around to answering. Like, they always say that the only reason that Jedi can wield lightsabers at all is because they're too complicated for a non-Jedi to pick up and wield. Like, oh, they, yeah, they like you cut your arm off if yeah. you tried to. But then they get into these bubbles of Isalamiri energy, and they're like, whatever, I can still use my lightsaber. And you're like, no, you're not a Jedi in there. Yeah, but they've been trained to use it for so long that now it's muscle memory. Uh-huh, sure. But the but- training to use the lightsaber properly... 
why if you tried and you weren't a Jedi, you'd just cut your foot off. You think you could just do it You're with gonna like a You're going to poke your eye out, you kid. You just do it with a stick that has some green paint on most of it. I mean, yeah, but it, that doesn't have the same balance. Ah, you're right. It's a different balance. Yeah. You could also do it with a I mean, lightsaber that doesn't have any cutting power, just like a stun one. I was I was going to say what you could do is a lightsaber that isn't turned on cuz it's not like the plasma's really affecting how much it weighs. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, all right. Are there dangle hams in Wookiee Heaven? <laughs> I mean, we see Wookiee Heaven at the end of the holiday special. It's mostly Wookiees. Mostly tree. In big red robes near a Christmas tree, and there's a really blissed out Leia. I mean, I don't know what's higher up in that tree. There may be dangle hams up there. <laughs> I can't say for sure. That's well, one I of mean, the great theological debates of Wookiee culture. I mean, that's as close to Wookiee Wookie Heaven as we ever actually get to see, is that... That one shot of people hanging around at the base of some Christmas tree. Obviously, Wookiees live way up in trees, and therefore, heaven must be up from there. That was like they saw we saw the outside of the pearly gates. Yeah, yeah. And and Leia was the uh, the Joseph. Is that is that no, who, no Saint Peter? Peter's yes. of the pearly gates. Yes. Also Joseph at the pearly. Also gate. Joseph's up there. <laughs> just, which one? I don't know. One of the one. Whichever one's most friendly with Peter, because he's just he's just chilling. He's out there to smoke, and I guess talk to Peter. Yeah. He's just out there like, hey, did you have fun walking around with my kid? <laughs> I mean, he wasn't really my kid. But, I think you we know. decided which Joseph, huh? Yeah, I, I decided it would be funnier if he was out there doing stuff. Okay, fair enough. <sighs> All right. What TNG episode would you recast with Star Wars characters and how would you do it? Bonus points if it's the one where Joe Piscopo is declared the greatest comedian ever or the one where Dr. Crusher fucks a ghost. We've got some serious season one beef going on right now. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to have beef, <laughs> it's a good season to pick beef with. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I might go with the season seven episode where uh, it's all about like, I think it's called Lower Decks and it's the whole episode just follows like four people that you've never seen before. Uh-huh. Uh, well, actually, you've seen Nurse Ogawa a lot, but but and and one of the other ones was in that episode where Crusher, uh, where Wesley gets in like a, a crash Mm. at the academy and gets in trouble mm -hmm. but there's it's basically just these four like oh what do you do oh i work in some engine to sell and i'm up for a promotion and you're never going to see me again i would <laughs> love it if those characters were just flatly replaced with star wars characters that the the uh that also you'd never see again yeah and then the tng people just flatly ignore them or just talk down to them yeah <laughs> it's just be like luke like oh boy i sure hope i get a promotion and that Riker notices me <laughs> <laughs> uh i would go with a the de-evolution episode oh, oh and i would yeah, be yeah. like you let me see like primal chewbacca <laughs> instead of it being wharf it would be chewbacca in that and i'd be like all right what did chewy evolve from i think my favorite thing in that episode is the part where spots just a fucking iguana yeah they just put an iguana on the ground They're they're like, like <laughs> really that's what cats evolve from iguanas huh well, that's what it, we're going with. None of it makes any fucking sense. There's the part where uh, where Picard asks Data what he's going to turn into, and Data's like, according to my records, Captain, a pygmy marmoset. You're like, no, he's not. <laughs> and why is Barclay turning into a spider? What is <laughs> happening? That that means he had to go so far back along the evolutionary tree. Yeah, it's uh, it's real weird. It's a very crazy. And I would episode. love to see that, but just everyone is, and so. Instead of Data, you've got C-3PO, mm. and he's just, like, sassily working his way around, <laughs> trying to fix what's going oh, on. Oh, your introns are broken. Ah, I don't have any. Mm. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think you're going to make a lovely leopard, Leia. <laughs> uh, all right. Is it just me, or was this a better book than most of the previous ones you read? Do you think it's the fact that we spent so little time on the main characters? Uh, let's see. This book was good. I, I would say uh, I would probably want to give about 50% of that credit right off the bat to R.A. Salvatore being an actually good author. There is that. Uh, and he knew how to kind of keep the story going instead of bunching all the story up at the end and yeah. starting it with 10 chapters of bullshit. Yeah, it's not so much that it didn't focus on the main characters as much as it is things happened instead of only in the last four chapters throughout the book. And it also, this one still has, I think there were two episodes that were basically the same shit when we were reviewing it. It was like, oh, uh, Yeoman Carr stalks and kills some scientists. Meanwhile, all of the main characters are having a fun party at Lando's house. I yeah. think there were four chapters in a row of that. But e but even then, it's, it's, it's a better, still better it's than the other ones. It's still better. I would say the only book that really runs a, a uh, competition to this one was the zombie one, because that one was just 
completely nonsense. Yeah, it was just top to bottom ridiculous bullshit. Yeah, which is I think what we look for in a good Star Wars novel. Uh, let's see. Wow, we got a lot of Star Trek things in here. Uh, how would the Federation deal with the Vong? <laughs> how many times would each series' captain try to open hailing frequencies? <laughs> well, you couldn't open hailing frequencies. They don't do that. They'd be like, sorry, you gotta get on testicle phone. <laughs> I am locutus of Vong. Please whip my nuts. <laughs> Please. Whip my nuts. Whip my nuts. You're going to love my nuts. Honey, would you slap my dick? (laughs) Yeah. For a dollar. No. No. Well, I mean, ultimately, it would come down to Guinan being like, oh, my people encountered the Vong a long time ago, Captain. Oh, yes. The the first scouts of the Vong were encountered by my people, and we found out that their true weakness is they love getting their nuts slapped. (laughs) Captain, I detect sadism. <laughs> yes, thank you, Dia. Thank you, Troy. Now put on a regulation uniform. And she does by the end of the show. Yeah, she does eventually put on a regulation uniform. And then she turns her her other weird uniform, that the proto uniform she's wearing all the time, into her like nightgown. Yeah. Hey, don't let anything go to waste. Yeah, yeah. They've already made the outfit. It already form fits her. Yeah. You do what you need to, Marina Sirtis. Ah. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, I don't know, I guess they, because the thing is, they aren't, they're more organized than the Republic is, like, they're a better military overall, Oh yeah. but they're a worse military because their weapons aren't as cool. I mean, kind of, but I feel like if the Vong show up, you're basically looking at, like, the, uh, the fucking uh, Founders War again. Oh, uh, yeah, either the Founders War or the, uh, in during Enterprise, there was that thing where they got invaded by, like, bug folk, well, bug the, folk from, the, flu- uh, from fluidic space. I was going to say, it's actually a coalition of different weird animals. Oh, no, that's ones. the Zindi. The Zindi, the, Zindi, yeah. the Zindi and the bug folk are two different things. Yes. Uh, the, 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 I was thinking of the fluidic space tyranid zergs. <laughs> Uh, where you're like, how do you, how do we solve this problem? I don't know. We need to find a way to lock them to their own galaxy. They're done. Figured well, it out. Yeah. We used a polar on a mission. But the fact that it's something from another galaxy that's got weird tech that we don't know about, whatever, I'm like, that's just straight up the founders. Yeah. So at that point, you'd go like, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, the one who would try to open hailing frequencies the most is Janeway. Yeah. And if it was just the founders, then what do you do? I guess you Oh, wait. Cisco would, like, maybe try opening hailing frequencies one, and then be like, yeah, no, I've I've already done this. Just, we're just going to wait for you to get a species-wide disease. I'm That'll just gonna, solve the problem. I'm going to put someone on the task of murdering all of you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to have Bashir get part of your weird organo tech, and we're going to do some dumb shit with it. There you go. And I guess uh, a lot of you are going to line up to fight Worf because you've heard that they have a warrior culture. Yeah, I I assume that there's going to be some dumb bullshit with the the Klingons and the Vong. You know how many episodes there are where like various uh, Jem Hadar guys are like, "You Klingon, I have heard of the prowess of your people. Let's fucking go. I'll bash your head in. <laughs> Swear on me, mom. <laughs> Swear on my cloning tank. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like you'd. You'd get a lot of stuff that shakes out very close to the DS9 storyline. Yeah. But uh, also, if we're doing all the captains from every series, then depending on who is currently the captain of the Discovery... <laughs> See, I haven't, I haven't watched any Discovery, so I don't know if I can help you here or not. Well, their whole drive is basically based on spores, so they're already Organitech. Oh, okay. So, fucking the main engineer guy that's like is delightful the, the lead scientist I, mm-hmm. oh he would be like fuck yes this is my goddamn dream <laughs> yeah i uh I, that's that's the show i know the least about and i've only watched like the first and last episodes uh, well i watched the whole uh, of enterprise i watched the first episode the zindi arc because i heard it was good and then the last episode because i'd heard that like uh marina sirtis and, and uh frakes show up yeah great there you go there's my story yeah of discovery i have watched both seasons that are out okay and i'll watch the third one because fuck you i like it I, i'm not i mean not you i'm, I'm not, saying okay, fuck good. you the listener i'm not calling i watched some of enterprise and all of voyager ustedes okay <laughs> uh let's go ahead and do one last question i think we're we're doing good yeah 
So, especially because we still have a big announcement to make. Finally, the last question here, Jeff. How you doing? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm excited, John. Are you excited? I'm excited because I have a uh, well. There's actually two announcements to make today. Uh, I have been scouring the, uh, the 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 book waves far and wide oh, for the book waves. The book waves for another really really good uh, Star Wars book. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because up until uh, up until this very day, I have been trying my best to pick each Star Wars book so that's a little different than the last one, but it might have some similarities that and, and that there's things be, that we can talk th- about yeah. and flow through. Exactly. I want good flow. I want good. And I've been putting myself through a lot to get to that. And uh, this time for season seven, uh, my big decision has been that I can't do it anymore. And then and, I get to pick the book and fuck you. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so I've decided to place the the uh, the honor of the book in your hands. And, uh, John, what Star Wars novel do you think we should read? Well, I've decided to pick Star Trek The Next Generation Meets X-Men Planet X. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you guys. We're not reading Star Wars because I get to pick. It's my time to shine. (laughs) So uh, I guess that's going to happen finally. It's uh, real fortuitous that we had this many next-gen and, and Star Trek questions. And, X, and X-Men questions, too. Yeah. Uh, it Look all, at that. It, it all, all flows together. It all came together. So uh, I guess we're going to read Star Trek. It's The literal title of this book is Star Trek The Next Generation X-Men Planet X. Yes. Uh, I'll go ahead and give you a little taste of the back of this monster. Here we go. On the planet Jaldia, ordinary men and women are mutating into bizarre creatures with extraordinary powers. But is this a momentous evolutionary leap or an unparalleled catastrophe? The very fabric of Jaldian society is threatened as fear and prejudice drive or divide the transform from their own kin. Dispatched to cope with the growing crisis, Captain Picard and the crew of the Starship Enterprise trademark receive some unexpected visitors from another reality in the form of a group of mutant heroes known as the Uncanny X-Men. Storm, leader of the team, offers her help in resolving a situation that is agonizingly similar to the human-mutant conflicts of their own time and space. But... When hostile aliens appear in orbit around Jaldia to try and abduct the transformed for use as superpowered weapons in an attack on the Federation, even the combined forces of the crew of Starfleet and the X-Men may be unable to prevent an inferno of death and destruction. Yeah, the one sad thing is I think Cyclops isn't in this book. No, it's Storm's leading the team, and it's going to be, uh, it's, it's like X-Men Blue. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure or- Cyclops and Jean Grey are both not in this, but you get probably i'm gonna say like gambit and rogue i'm gonna say it's well based on the cover you get you get wolverine for sure we see we see wolverine professor x and storm on the cover i'm pretty sure we're gonna see beast because we and uh well you have to map everyone to someone else yeah so so you you have to have a science person to go around with data yeah you've got to have a warrior to go around with uh Heck, Worf. it might be that Beast is only in the other one where they meet like the classic Star Trek, so they can do the the uh, the what the the joke uh, Doctor and they both McCoy. turn around McCoy and they both thank yeah. you that's it and they both turn around. Uh, but I think Nightcrawler is going to be in here as well. Oh yeah, Nightcrawler should be in there. Yeah. So that's that's an exciting time. Yeah. Um, there's one last thing. Starfleet's finest crew and Earth's greatest mutant heroes will need all their powers and abilities to save the Jaldian people and stop a deadly threat to the Federation. <laughs> Yay. And uh, I was only able to find the large print version of this. <laughs> the large print grandparent version uh, of this book. There are 34 chapters. We'll figure out how we're going to divide that up later. Yeah. There's an epilogue, too. Ooh. So, uh, I don't know. I think this is probably going to be a one-off diversion from the usual thing. But as long as we're taking one diversion away from our usual canon that we stick to, might as well make it two canons. Yeah. If we're going to only take one diversion, we may as well just jump both feet into some dumb nonsense. So, look for that starting next week as we take on Star Trek The Next Generation X-Men Planet X. I don't think you understand how excited I am for this. I mean, we've been teasing this for six seasons now. Oh, yeah. This is, this it's has been, time for the payoff, this baby. This has been in the works. Uh, six seasons and, an, and one about Star Trek in a movie. <laughs> uh, All right, there you have it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on our little uh, epilogue wrap-up here. Oh, actually, John, this, this leads to me to have a question for you. Oh, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> Fuck you. I asked first. Damn it. Uh, No, my actual question is, how are we going to do bonus content for the next season? So I'm going to go ahead and say, since right now our bonus content, patreon.com slash system mastery, is 
pretty much relegated to only Wikipedia and Star Wars things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to allow the pulling from either the Star Trek wiki or the X-Men wiki. We can go to Memory Alpha. Yeah, you could go to Memory Alpha or you could go to the X-Men wiki. I assume it's called the Cerebro or something. No, it's it's just fandom.xmen or some shit. Oh, that's that's That or the Marvel database. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So we're allowed to dig into the Marvel or Star Trek databases for next season. Now, I am going to say I want you to try and limit what you look up to either be next gen associated or x-men associated oh i mean that's obvious it's not like i'm going to show up and be like well i've got a thing to talk about the fantastic four i have a whole article on tremaine the q of his day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well there you have it that's how we're going to do things and like john was saying head on down to patreon.com slash system mastery because even if we're changing the format a little we are definitely going to keep making the bonus content which you can unlock at the two dollar level on our patreon Oh, man, I'm so excited. We're going to get some of the dumbest crap ever now, and I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a fun diversion. I, really, I I might be 17 episodes of this because there's 34 chapters in here, but it's a short book, so it may be three chapters. I don't know. I have no idea. We don't. We are no. entering uncharted territory. We are seeking out new life and new civilizations. <laughs> we are going to boldly go right up our own asses with this. <laughs> we'll be the best there is at whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> And what this is isn't pretty. We'll need a new sign-off, too, because Elan Sleazebogiano is not going to cut it. Yeah, but you know who will? Wolverine. Mm. Wolverine cuts it. <laughs> Wolverine's going to cut it. The <laughs> cheese, that is. Also, the blob. <laughs> He's not going to cut the blob. The blob is uncuttable. I think that's his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cut me. I'm the uncuttable blob. <laughs> Well, I look forward to a, to a couple <laughs> couple episodes of that. Thank you so much for listening, uh, and have a wonderful week. I've been Elan Sleesbogiano, and I'm the best there is at smoking death sticks. 